What's happening, everyone? Uh, never know how to start these solo ones on my own, so fucking just imagine that I just did the best intro ever. Uh, first solo ones without the sunnies. I've got them here, though, so let's see how we go with you guys staring into my soul. If things get a bit too sketchy and real, then I might put them back on my face. But um, for now, let's uh, let's let it roll. I'm fresh off a uh, – just did a little little bit of a run and – Little ice bath when I got back, just to get back in the swing of things. Just got back from the sunny coast, if you've been following me on my stories and shit like that. Um, so, yeah, Sunny Coast Comedy Festival was on on this weekend. So I was up there, took part in that in their new act competition, um, which I felt like a bit of a fraud, the whole competition being in a new act competition because there were some genuine acts there where it was like they've just got into comedy. And here I am, like, grizzled old vet, two years in, still trying to milk the fucking glory of these open mic competitions. But, yeah, I think I said I think I think said uh, last week or the week before, whenever I plugged that show, that that would probably be one of the last sort of competitions that I entered. Um, purely because of that reason, I think I'm sort of at the stage where, I don't know, Feels a bit wrong, I guess, to be in those competitions with the all the newcomers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, turned out to be a, a fucking sick weekend. Uh, all started off, we went up on Friday with me and uh, Nikita and the kids came as well. We made a bit of a bit of a weekend of it, which was sick. Um, and yeah, our first heat was on Friday, which I I don't know felt. Felt good about it, I guess, which was sick. And everything just sort of worked out that day and had one of the one of the sickest gigs in a while. Um, everything just sort of clicked for me that night. Felt felt confident about my set. Uh, the crowd was fucking there for it. So, and I was on. I like being towards the back of the lineup just because. Uh, if any of you have seen my stuff, it's not like completely fucking out there but it's immature dick jokes like i like the crowd to be eased in before i just come out with like talking about my dick and finger and my dog and stuff so um yeah i i was second last that night and it was just sweet like the hang the hang out the back was all good um ash fucking who used to be on the podcast he came along to watch me which was fucking sick so i'm glad i didn't bomb in front of him um and yeah uh cody cody was in my heat as well and max came came along to watch and cody and i both made it through with jay wong who's been on the podcast as well so three uh can't get any worse alumni made it through to the final and then yeah spent the rest of the weekend with the fam i was meant to record a podcast with cody on sunday watching the ufc um but yeah, Nikita and the kids were having a sick time up there, so I sort of pulled the pin on that one. I sent Cody a bit of a message and just said, like, we don't get to get away much as a family and fucking, in short, I guess I'd rather spend time with the kids at the beach and the pool and uh, whatever else we did on Sunday. I'll probably touch on that after I finish on the comedy stuff. But um, yeah, luckily he was sweet with it, which I knew he fucking would be, but he's going to come on uh next week or the week after because he's got a little little comedy tour to plug so 
he's going to spin some dates on that. But yeah, uh, after having a six set on Friday night, getting through to the final on Sunday night, uh, I don't know why, but as much as I told myself it was just going to be another gig, as soon as like lunchtime Sunday came around, all the nerves and all the pressure just fucking hit me like a ton of bricks. And I just knew, I knew then that I like, I wasn't going to be on for that set. So, um, yeah, I rocked up and I, like I just said, I prefer to be on at the back end. I think I was fourth or fifth, fifth, I think. Um, and yeah, it's at least it's not first or second, but it's still probably too early for where I'd like to be. Um, but anyway, as soon as we got to the gig, it was like complete opposite to Friday night, I reckon. Like for me personally anyway, like Friday night just felt like a, a hang. All the comedians were out the back laughing, were fucking roasting each other. Everyone was just having a fun time. Whereas we got there Sunday and you could just tell, not everyone, there were heaps of people that were just chilled, but a lot of the comedians were just like, you could tell they were there. You could tell it was a competition, pressures on, fucking blah, blah, blah. And that also bled into me then and I was like, fuck, I am the most nervous I've been in a very long time. Um, So I was in the green room and then, yeah, as soon as the act before me was on, I was sort of pacing the green room, trying to get in the zone and just could not get there. And then as soon as I got on stage, just could not, could not get any traction um and in in the moment i felt like i ate the biggest bag of dicks in the world um all i could see like there were i think there was like they sold 80 tickets but by the end of it someone said that there were 100 people in the room because just all up the back just people were standing so it was a full house um and yeah the only thing that i could pay attention to was in the back left corner were all the big comedians, all the big names that had been headlining the whole festival. They're all touring comedians, blah, blah, blah. And like big guys on the Brisbane scene as well were there. And for whatever reason, there was like a light above them just shining down. And that's pretty much most of like what I could see from the spotlights in my eyes. And it was just super off putting to, I don't know. Cause I, then I started the whole thing of trying to crush for them, which is a stupid fucking thing to do because realistically they're not going to give a fuck about an open mic or up there doing five minutes. And admittedly, when I finished my set and I walked to like past them to the bar, I f- like three quarters of them said, oh, nice set, mate, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I thought that I bombed hard. Um, like there was laughter in the room and all that, but compared to Friday night's gig, which was – fucking awesome like I said it just didn't feel right but anyway I sort of I got out of the green room after my set just because I didn't want to rub any of the stink off on anyone and just sort of chilled out in the crowd with a couple of other comedians that came up to watch us all um and yeah obviously didn't take it out so Kenny Waterson took it out who's fucking he had a six set he come was hilarious so um yeah stoked he has it he's he's one of uh, Max's friends as well So stoked that one of the boys got it um, And yeah I think he gets a couple of benefits In next year's festival I think he got like 400 bucks or something cash Which is 
pretty mint for an open mic competition. Um, but yeah, I it took me a while today. So I record every set and listen back to it. And it took me a while today to work up the balls to listen back to it. But I finally did. And it like I text the boys in the group chat after and I'm like, that went so much better than it did in my head because fucking I don't know why in the time, like in the moment, like I could see the crowd laughing, but I was just like this, something felt off. I was fumbling my words. I forgot two sort of not crucial lines in my jokes, but they set up for the punchline to be better. Um, and I like I've done those jokes so many times. I don't know how I forgot them, but um, yeah, it, it actually turned out to be a pretty good set. Like, um, listening, listening back to it, watching the, watching the video and shit. So somewhat, like, all in all, the weekend was a success, I'd say. Um, but, yeah, the, the best part of the, about the whole weekend, like I said, is Nikita and the kids came up and we did heaps of fun shit together. So, um, yeah, shout out to Nikita. She's never going to lis- listen to this, but I'll give her a credit where credit's due on here, um, where she can't hear it. But yeah, she she held shit together all weekend, which was sick. Um, dealt with my little temp, temper tra- temper tantrums. Uh, dealt with the boys being little shits while I wasn't there and stuff. And that was another reason why I cancelled the podcast. Like it wasn't really fair to her or the kids, I guess. If I went and started recording a podcast um, at eleven o'clock in the morning and then I wasn't back until like ten o'clock at night, and they're just chilling in a hotel room by themselves, so. Um, yeah, again, stoked that I made that decision on the fly as much as I, as much as it would have been much better to get that podcast than whatever I'm going to dribble for the next, however long I talk. Um, but yeah, she, that both gigs. So Friday night, I did have a little bit of, um, a little bit of nerves and nowhere near what I had on Sunday night. I'll try to find the message that she fucking... She sent me. I don't think I can scroll back that far. But I text her and I was like, um, oh, here it is. Uh, I was like, yeah, I go, oh, I'm getting so nervous. And she texts me and she goes, that just means it's important, but just take a moment and take a breath. As David Goggins says, stay hard. And I was like, <laughs> it, it made me giggle because she doesn't give a fuck about David Goggins or anything he says, but obviously she knows like fucking I'm obsessed with the the dude. And um, yeah, Sunday night she sent this one. And again, she does not listen to any Joe Rogan or buy into Joe Rogan, but he's like my, one of my Lord and saviors. Um, and I, I, again, I said something like, I, I said, I got this shitty feeling that I'm going to be up first. And she goes, you just got to get out of your head. As Joe Rogan once said, to me, comedy is a great occupation because I don't really worry that much about what other people think of me. <laughs> and I said, did you just Google that? And she just did a winky face. So, um, yeah, it was stoked that she was able to, like, pull me out of my own head just by saying stupid little shit um, that I needed in the time, I guess. Um, but, yeah, most of all, she held it together with the kids, like, our kids are next level. Like they just go from from before sunrise to after sunset. They're going twenty four seven. Like just wanting to play, wanting to do this, that, everything. Like we did heaps of fun shit while I was up there. But still, like 
like most kids, you take them to a theme park or something and then you're like, oh, sweet, they might fall asleep on the drive home. But as soon as we get back in the car, they're like, oh, let's go to the skate park or let's go play football or something else like that. So it's it's go, go, go 24-7 here. So on uh, we, we did a couple of things while we are up there. So the first day on Friday, we went to – so Nikita and the kids wanted to go to a zoo and obviously Sunny Coast, Australia Zoo's up there, like one of Australia's best zoos from what I've heard anyway. And she goes, no, I don't want to go there. We've been there before. I want to go to Wildlife HQ at Nambour. And I was like, I am assuming that any other zoo on the Sunshine Coast is 5% of what Australia Zoo is, right? So I wasn't keen for it. And she's like, just shut the fuck up and drive there. So I, I did. And this zoo is surprisingly one of the sickest zoos I've ever been as and I get the whole fucking zoos are cruel and blah 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 but besides that um this place had like monkeys red pandas fucking wolves everything like all these different types of monkeys and shit um Nikita was stoked because there was a loose deer and she was too scared to go and touch it but so I had to go and touch this sketchy deer that wanted to kill me like straight off the bat just so she'd go touch it but um yeah, super, super sick zoo. The kids were obsessed with it. We had to spend like, I don't know, like 60 bucks at the gift shop on the way out to get these stuffed little teddies that'll probably be in the top of their cupboard in a week. But it's all the annoying shit that you've got to do when you have kids, I guess. Um, and then what did we do Saturday? So Saturday we hung out with Ash and his wife and kids, which was fun little fun little catch-up. Uh, they took us to the Ginger Factory which, again, I was sceptical on. Uh, all these little tourist attractions on the sunny coast are a, a little bit sus and uh, on the down low, I guess you could say. But, again, I was pleasantly surprised. We got there and this place is legit. Like, I, I was thinking the whole time, like, I don't know who these guys are that have the balls because, like, we're driving and it's somewhat in an industrial estate. You get to the end of the street and there's this giant theme park that somebody's built based on ginger. Like, obviously they grow ginger and shit up there. But to to have that and then to make a theme park about it. And this theme park was like, it was pretty sick. There was, um, there was boat rides, train rides. There was a little like Gruffalo find, like find the Gruffalo thing, like the children's book. Um, so yeah, the kids again loved it. Um, the the only sketchy thing there was the boat ride. So, and Ash had the perfect description for it. If you have seen The Simpsons and you see you've seen the episode where Bart and Lisa go to Duff World or Duffland, whatever it is, and they go in that sketchy boat and they drink the water, it was all these like old school animatronic like dolls that just moved like a couple of centimeters each, and like you couldn't stare into their eyes, like they were creepy old like cabbage patch looking dolls and it needed an update to be honest um and yeah i i made the call during the boat ride that i reckon the dude that owns the ginger factory is as awkward as ash or i and um the people finished building this boat ride and he was too awkward to say i'm not quite happy with this so he just paid the guys so he didn't have to awkwardly have an encounter with them um 
But yeah, all in all, Ginger Factory is another big tick for us on the sunny coast. And then Sundays where it went slightly downhill, I'd say, uh, we went to Amaze World, which it's in the name. It's just a giant, I guess they call it a theme park, where there's multiple mazes. So the big maze is the selling point and it's this giant star-shaped maze out of like hedges and shit like that, like immaculately pruned and that part was sick. Like we genuinely got lost for 10 minutes maybe. And like you had to make it to the centre obviously like most mazes. And we did that and we're like, oh, what else is going to be here? And then we went to the rest of it and it's just like they spent all their money on that maze and the rest was what shit can we get from Bunnings to like sell this as a theme park? Like they just had ropes that you clip another rope onto and you just follow it. They had a pretty D-grade mini golf setup out the back, which – I think Westy played like two holes and he was like, oh, let's go somewhere else. But they did have a sick, like I think they've just redone the playground and the water park. So that part was pretty cool. Um, the kids played in there for a little bit. But yeah, it uh, definitely wasn't worth the $110 we paid to get into a maze world. Um, but hey, you could go and it could be fun for you guys. Uh, we also went to the beach a couple times while we are up there, which... Turns out our kids used to be fucking terrified of water. Um, Turns out now they're obsessed with the beach. So that's good to know. Like, Westy is like a cat. Like, you can't get him in water without trying to force him in. But this dude was, like, jumping in waves, like, diving in waves, doing little skids and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is cool. But then I'm like, oh, do you want to go back to swimming lessons? He's like, nah. So we'll see how he goes. Probably... Adds to Nikita's case of building a swimming pool in the backyard, which, um, yeah, it's probably off the cards at the moment, but you never know. Uh, so, yeah, what else? Oh, fuck. Dropped my water lid. That can stay there. Um, but, yeah, swimming pool is probably off the cards at the moment. So, like everyone knows, I've started this business. And I'm of two frames of mind with it because – Financially, it's probably one of the worst decisions I've ever made um, because the work's not – like I've got work there but it's not – I'm not getting pumped like the last time I did the business but um, somewhat stoked on that because a lot of the jobs I am quoting and they're declining, I don't really want anyway. But um, yeah, I've got a couple of jobs there but definitely not smashing it like I – did before but that leads to the other side of the the coin of uh i feel mentally and physically probably better than i have in like the last i don't know five to six years i guess um been yeah trying to smash the gym a bit more um i've had i feel a little better mentally because i haven't had to deal with people I guess is the polite way to put it. People's stupid questions and shit like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's if it was if there wasn't the financial aspect to it, then no issues. But I don't know. There's so the the business is a cabinet making business, right? And when I first did it, 
So I obviously hate cabinet making more than anything in the world, right? And when I first did it, I used to quote jobs astronomically because I knew how much I'd hate doing the jobs. Whereas this time, I've modified all my pricing so that it's on par with the cabinet making industry, right? Which is the only way to make money is to mass produce, which is fucking lame and I hate it. But to be competitive in the market at the moment, I had to put my pricing like that. And still people are like, oh, it's a bit expensive. And I'm like, I'm not dropping my pricing any more than that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know where that leaves me with it all. I don't know whether to just get a full-time job again, but then that sort of defeats the purpose because I had a half-decent job. Um, maybe I should just go and buy a lotto ticket or something and hope that that pays off. Or uh, Blue Chew or Manscaped might start sponsoring the podcast. Who knows? Um, we, we have seen a little bit of, little bit of growth again, um, which has been sick. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, like I don't know why, if we're in a weird algorithm or what, but the, the downloads and the views on YouTube are slowly growing, which is awesome. Um, again, I don't know what we've done differently or what you guys are liking hearing, but um, yeah, let us know. And I've had a few people also like mention to me, they're like, because there's heaps of comedians in the scene and stuff that want to obviously start a podcast because it goes hand in hand with comedy. Um, And heaps of them are like, oh, do you make any money yet? And I'm like, nah, like don't make a cent. Like I actually pay to do this podcast because you've got to pay hosting services and things like that. Um, and they're like, oh, why do you do it then? And I'm like, oh, just fucking – it makes my brain work. And also, um, like, I'm hoping that it's giving someone out there, like, a laugh or something like that, like getting them through their work day. Because that was a big thing for me when um, when Westy was like – when Nikita was pregnant with Westy and I had to sort of – I don't know, I didn't have to make the choice, but I decided to make the choice to um, somewhat veer away from like friend groups and things like that Um, just because I guess the person I was there or the like path that I was going, I didn't think was going to be like the greatest dad or whatever, however you want to look at it like that. So during that time and up until like to this day, I turned to podcasts and I pumped like, I think like last year's podcast count on my Spotify or whatever was like 95 or 97,000 minutes or something of podcasting that I listened to. And I just used to like, yeah, put these dudes in my ear and just literally listen to their stories, laugh at their shit just to like get out of my own head and shit like that. And I, um, so I actually had a clip from so Theo is one of the big guys that fucking anyone that listens to comedy or podcasting knows who Theo Vaughn is. Um and he's fucking I don't I don't know how to explain him. Like again, if you know him, you know him. But there was a there's this clip that always pops up for me in my feeds, in whether it's TikTok or Instagram or YouTube or whatever. And there was this time where this caller, I've I've got it prepped here, so I'll just I'll play it for you guys so you can hear it. And it's sort of 
like it's the reason why I started podcasting, I guess. Like at the end of the day, I don't really care if this never makes any money. It's more if I can like, yeah, if I can pick someone's day up and make them feel better, I guess, just by like literally talking stupid shit on here. But um, here, I'll quickly play this if it loads. You know, there's a ton of days where your podcast was the only time I smiled that day. So keep doing the Lord's work, man. Take care of yourself. Okay. Thanks, bro. You too, man. You know, I'm proud of you, dude. It's hard. Uh, you know? Um, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you because I know how hard it is to take care of ourselves. You know, I know how hard it is to take care of ourselves. I know that, um... Oh, yeah, that's fucking... That's sick. Like, that that would be, like, ultimate podcast dream to someday have somebody, like, call up and say or send a fucking personal message or something like that. Like, just to say that, yeah, like, they've had a laugh at us literally talking shit. Um, and, yeah, like, the other thing as well is there's been and like definitely not shitting on anyone like good shit for even attempting it but the amount of people that have hit me up of and are like I'm the last person to ask podcasting advice to like I've got fuck all like listeners I'm definitely not a pro at any of this shit I just spent my last sense on a podcast studio that's in my garage and having a crack um like the whole comedy thing as well, just having a crack. Um, and there's been a few people where they'll start a podcast, get like three or four episodes in and be like, oh, fuck, it, there's so much time in editing or there's so much time in doing the social media or oh, like I reached out for this sponsorship and they won't reply to me or something like that. And it's like it's crazy to think people think they can just like be fast-tracked into something whereas – like every time I talk to Nikita about the podcast, I'm like, it's like, I'm looking at it as the same as comedy, like at least 10 years before I see any, any little like minute payoff for any of this. Um, if it comes sooner than fucking sick, it's going to make it all way easier and way more worthwhile. But, um, yeah, if it takes longer than, then so be it. But, um, yeah, I I was pretty I don't I don't know if you guys like that clip or anything like that, but I, I listen to heaps of I'm I'm a what's the word? I forget what the word is, but I'm a I'm a sucker. Let's just say sucker, but I was thinking of another word. I'm a sucker for like motivational videos and shit like that. Um I could sit there and watch them all day every day and they just like and I like I get motivated people and shit like that probably don't need it. And I see myself as a somewhat motivated person, but there's definitely days where I'm the laziest cunt in the world. Um, and like from the outside, like people, so many people have messaged me in the last week about starting these comedy rooms and stuff like that. And they're like, how do you juggle like comedy, podcast, family, work, uh Sorry, my dog's barking. Uh, work, like whatever else I'm doing at the moment as well, like starting this business. And to me, it's like, it's just not, 
that big of a deal or that hard if you want to do any of it. Like you just make your own time sort of thing. But um, I don't know what this dog's barking at. One moment. All right, sorry, I'm back. Just another fucking delivery that Nikita's got uh, from Kmart this time, which I don't know why we couldn't just drive to Kmart. But anyway, don't know what's in that box. Um, I forget what we're up to. I feel like I was talking about like carving out time, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, right. That's where I was leading to. So I don't know where the fuck I got to with all that. But basically, I wanted to bring it back to, um, yeah, motivational clips, blah, blah, blah. And a big one that I've been turning to lately, which I, I don't, I don't know. I think I was bullshitting myself that I thought I was like living up to this, but in hindsight, I definitely wasn't. I like the, so people say I spend all this time like doing comedy, podcasting, blah, blah, blah. But I definitely don't spend as much time writing or preparing comedy as I should be as like as much as a lot of other people are doing. Um, so like I've got, I've got a strong 10 minutes and I've got like a 15 minute set if I had to stretch it, but that, that extra five minutes is nowhere near fucking good. So I like, I should be knuckling down and just like getting that mint because I've seen heaps of people say that if you have a strong sort of like 20 minutes, 20, like, 20 minutes is minimum to start like doing mini tours and shit like that. Like people will come and watch it, watch you do 20 minutes of comedy, um, which to me sounds super short, but like, I don't know that I've heard heaps of people say, once you've got a strong 20 minutes, you can start going around and doing shit. Um, which I guess would just be in the comedy clubs and things like that. But yeah, I, I definitely need to knuckle down and start writing more comedy and, I was talking to Ash about that on Friday night at the gig, like a little sort of challenge I want to set myself is because I don't have that much time to sit down and write or come up with premises or whatever you want to call it. I was saying that but like my strong 10 minutes at the moment is literally all stories or premises that have come from the podcast and talking it out with whoever's been here has like, added tags or just built this built this giant story out of fucking nothing basically. So I was saying to Ash I should every week like I should get a story from the podcast or a premise or something that I've come out with and almost write a bit on that and whether or not I never use it or not at least it's going to make me like half like half the hard work's done there like I've I've come up with the idea on the podcast. I've spoken out, spoken it out with someone. They've come back and forth with like potential holes in the story, things like that. And then all, all I've got to do is take it to pen and paper and tighten it up and make it good for stage, which, yeah, like I said, half of it might not make it, half of it might, but at least it's going to get my brain working in that, that little path. Um, but, yeah, that, that also led to another video that I – fucking prepared for this as well i got heaps of videos prepared because i knew like i wouldn't be able to talk for as long as i needed to so hopefully you guys just like watching other people saying cool shit and then i'm just sitting here in between them all saying stupid shit um which is sort of story of my life but um to add to that like like i was saying i thought i was committed enough but 
yeah, I'm not doing the work that needs to be done in order to get to the next level, which like standing back and looking, like that was the only thing I was thinking on the drive back to the hotel last night after the comedy gig um, was, of course, you had a shit gig because you you didn't really run over your set before it. You didn't like – you haven't written in two to three weeks. Um, you haven't done any of the necessary steps to progress any further, so why would – like why would you be rewarded with a good set sort of thing? But um, yeah, this this one from – so one of my ultimate motivators and a lot of people fucking hate him, but if you saw the come up of Conor, um, Conor McGregor in the UFC, like you can just hang on every word the dude says just because he's literally spoken everything into existence from like the start of his career. So he he came out with this one a few years ago. Um, Your lack of commitment is almost an insult to the people who believe in you. And that's what I'm trying to tell myself. There's people who believe in me. So this is what I'm telling myself right now today. There's people that believe in me and, and me having this half commitment. It's not, it's not what the fuck I am. It's not what the right. people who, who believe in me deserve. And I want to, you know, I want to, I want to give back to the people who believe in me and, and give them that belief, you know, and, and prove that belief correct. Your lack so yeah, that's that's pretty sick, and that um, so that just adds to it. Like, I it adds to yeah, like Nikita over the weekend and stuff like that. Like, the again to toot her own horn that she'll, well, I mean to toot her horn that she'll never hear. Um, it would be a fucking crazy thing to set up your entire life with this bloke, fuck, buy a house, buy cars, have two kids with him, like. Everything we've done together, been through home invasions, been through miscarriages, been through her mum's um, cancer diagnosis, been through heaps of shit and then on a random fucking whatever it was, say on a random Monday, your husband turns around and goes, oh, I'm just going to start doing stand-up comedy three nights a week. You're going to have to look after the kids on your own. Uh, I'm also going to quit my full-time comfortable job so that I can – start writing dick jokes more and like shit like that and it's a pretty fucked up thing but um obviously she's not always stoked about it but again like those messages she sent that um i think she can see how much i want it and she just is doing what she she doesn't have to do it obviously like yeah i don't i don't know how to word that but she's doing I guess what I need her to do, I suppose. I don't fucking know. That's probably going to come out wrong and blah, blah, blah. But um, she just sent me a message as well. I should probably... Um, one sec, just pausing. All right, I'm back. What a fucking shambles of an episode this one's been. Uh, yeah, Nikita just called me with a bit of a family emergency that I just had to pop off to, so... Hopefully that's all sorted for the next half an hour or so, so I can f quickly finish this episode. To be honest, I don't remember where the fuck I was up to, so uh, let's just pretend that this is a whole new mini episode or some shit. Um, but in fairness, it was all getting too depressing and mushy and shit before anyway, so I did have a couple of, uh, oh, let's call them funny stories from the, from the last week or so. Um, yeah, I think... 
the the first one that happened literally happened after last week's episode and I was like, fuck, I need to jot down, that down because I found it funny but um, in hindsight saying it out loud probably isn't going to be – it's probably going to be one of those you had to be there things. But um, basically anyone that follows me on social media knows that Nikita's fucking obsessed with Christmas, right? Like she set the Christmas tree up in October and stuff this year and um, – so to go with that, she finished her Christmas shopping in like August or something. So she started pulling them out of cupboards and starting to wrap them and stuff. And obviously when you wrap Christmas presents around kids, uh, all they want to do is open them and see what's in there, right? So Nikita did this thing where she let both boys open one present each and Westy was pretty happy with his present and Parker picked like, I don't know, in fairness, it was like a boring present, like a book or something. So he's like, oh, I want to open another one. Nikita's like, no, no, no. So then, of course, he's just like tearing the house down, trying to find the rest of his presents. He's ripping open wrap presents, blah, blah, blah. So Nikita and I came up with this big plan that would hide the presents under a sheet. And then when he, he goes to bed, we'll put him in the car and then like drive him to mum's or something. Anyway, we've hidden them and he's walked in and he's found them again. So it's all kicked off. So I faked sending a message to Santa and I was like, oh, Parker wants to open more presents. Is he allowed to? So then Santa replied and he's like, uh, I've just had to come and pick up the presents to make some minor alterations to them, blah, blah, blah. So Nikita quickly ran in, got the presents and just left the empty like sheet sitting there. And Nikita being Nikita went and got some flour and like sprinkled it around and left a little bit of like a, some footprints and shit to make it seem like Sandra had come. And she goes and she's like, oh my God, Parker, come and look at this. And he walks up the hallway and he freaks out obviously after getting the text message and now seeing fake snow. And he's like, Westy, Westy, come look. And they're both freaking out for a second. And then Parker goes, wait a minute, Westy. And he like leans down like a detective and he like touches the flower and he's like, this isn't snow, this is just flower. This is all, this isn't real. And Nikita and I just looked at each other like, what the fuck do we do now? Um, but yeah, it was just because most three-year-olds would see it and just be like, oh, that's fucking cool. But Parker being onto it, just fucking, we couldn't get anything past him. Um the other thing, if you follow my social media, you will have seen. Uh, for whatever reason, my lovely wife, Nikita, thought that it would be a good idea to uh, go and buy cocoons off an actual crackhead. Um, none of that previous sentence is fabricated. She, she messaged me and she's like, hey, I want to buy some caterpillars so the boys can watch them like turn into a cocoon a cocoon and then into butterflies and shit. And I'm like, sure, whatever. Anyway, the dude's like, I can't get any caterpillars, but I have some that have already like formed into a cocoon. So we had to go buy these stupid fucking things. And we had to go to the most ghetto setup. And this dude that like opened the gate was a full blown crackhead. And he's trying to like talk to the kids and have fun with them. And they're obviously just scared because he's got like two teeth in his head. And, the pungent aroma of, uh, I don't even know what it was, but there was an underlying tone of weed. Um, anything else on top of that, I don't know what the fuck it was, probably meth or something, but 
Um, yeah, anyway, he's he's showing us all these like other cocoons he has and stuff and he's like poking them and making them twitch. And yeah, I couldn't get out of there fast enough to be honest and I just turned to Nikita as we were walking out and I was like, what the fuck? And she goes, I know, I'm so sorry. So yeah, if your partner wants to buy some uh, cocoons off a crackhead, then probably try and try and uh, avoid it if possible. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably speeding through this last part just because obviously, yeah, like I said, a bit of a family emergency, which is probably going to pop up again anytime now. So I'll just touch on a couple more things. Um, the As I mentioned, we we're going to do like a bit of a fight companion for the fights yesterday. So um, yeah, it was the the fuck blanken the yiri prahacha card versus um uh pereira no pereira yeah i think so anyway fucking i missed the card like i said i was hanging out with family but watching the replays and shit um yeah some hectic fights uh, one sec, just getting them up. Oi. All right, got him. Yeah, Alex Pereira. Yeah, I was fucking, I don't know why the fuck I just blanked on his name. But to do what like Alex Pereira has done in the UFC is pretty fucking nuts. Like he's got less than 10 UFC fights. I'm pretty sure he's beaten like four previous UFC champions. He beat Israel Adesanya who like seemed impossible. He's beaten Sean Strickland, who's now the current UFC champion. Um, and now he's moved up a weight class and won the light heavyweight title. Like he's a, he's a bit of a fucking weapon to be honest. Um, and then the other fight, the other big fight, a couple of heavyweights. Uh, so the John Jones fight obviously fell out and they replaced it with an interim title, uh, title belt. And, that pretty much played out how I thought it would. So Tom Aspinall is an English dude and he seems like one of the most like skilled heavyweights in the division at the moment. Everyone else is just an absolute banger just go in there swinging, whereas this dude looks like he has some skill. So I'm pretty keen to see him versus John Jones when they're both um, – because, yeah, Tom Aspinall's just come back from an injury as well. Um, so he's ready to go, but now John Jones is injured, so – when Jones is back, that's going to be an absolute fucking banger of a heavyweight fight for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty dev. I didn't watch the fights to be honest, but what can you do? But yeah, um, I'm probably going to wrap this up now. I don't know how long this fucking episode is after the whole dog barking, family emergency, James getting depressed and playing fucking motivational shit from Theo and Connor. Uh, but yeah, appreciate everyone that's listening. Um, keep sharing it around, keep growing this shit. Like I said, somehow getting some random little spurts of growth, which is fucking sick, making it all somewhat worth it. Um, all the editing and things like that. So, um, yeah, sorry. It couldn't be a better episode this week. Hopefully something came out from me sitting here rambling on a, on a, uh, yeah, boiling hot Monday in my garage that doesn't have air conditioning. Um, but yeah, thanks guys. And we'll see you next week. See you later.